In your walk with Christ, have you endeavored to build up that relationship with the Holy Spirit? Have you endeavored to put God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit as a trinity first in your life? Do you believe that there is only God? Do you believe that there is only God or Jesus? Do you believe there is no Holy Spirit? Well, the Bible specifically instructs us that there are three persons in one in the Trinity, and a big part of that relationship is with the Holy Spirit. This week on Connecting the Gap, we're going to talk about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and get into a little bit on speaking in tongues, and that's going to be coming up right after this. Welcome, guys, to another week, another episode of Connecting the Gap. I'm Daniel Moore. Thank you for joining me. Hope you guys have been doing fantastic this week. Hope everything's been going well for you. And I'm sure that uh, as we get into this upcoming weekend, I hope that you'll have plans to go to church and let God move through you this weekend and keep you on track. That's what this podcast is all about. We dig into the Word, do some studying, and try to figure out exactly what this life with Christ is supposed to be about. So thank you again for joining me. Go to my website, connectingthegap.net. I have lots of resources there, such as my blog that I write once a week. And then, of course, we do a weekly upload of the podcast as well. There is a link there that you can go to YouTube, and you can see a lot of videos there that I've done over the last couple of years, lots of different Bible study type things. And this uh, podcast here is also available on YouTube as well. You will see that link there on the website also. And if you know somebody that's not saved, or if you would like to be saved, you've never done that before, you would like to rededicate, there's a page there on how to get saved. You can email us here at ctgap at outlook.com. And we'd love to hear from you and hear what God's doing in your life and what he's been uh, doing to transform you in the different ways that you're walking with him in Christ each day. So this week, we're going to go ahead and get started. We've started a a series on the Holy Spirit here over the last couple of weeks. And the first week, we were talking about the Holy Spirit and how it works in our lives as far as the threefold witness, the three baptisms that we need to receive when we accept Christ into our heart. This week, we're going to get on a little bit deeper into this, and we're going to talk about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of you think that when you get saved, uh, you may think that, you know, all you got to do is just ask Christ into your heart and you're done. Well, there's actually a lot more to that walk with Christ than just asking Him to come into our life. That is the first step. That's very important uh, part of being a Christian. But you need to get to the point where you actually let Jesus baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You get baptized in water and allow that Holy Spirit to get into your life and lead and guide you in everything that you do. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor between us and God. The Holy Spirit is always praying for us and intercessing for our needs. So it's a very important part of our Christian walk that we have with God. So we're going to get into that this week, and we're going to be still looking at some scripture in Acts and some different places in the New Testament. In Acts, we see many scriptures dealing with how the early church looked up to, depended on, and spoke about, and interacted with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the New Testament church was a vital part of their lives and was preeminent in everything that they did. 
what was more common to them seems to be more uncommon with us today. And the reason that I say that is if you read through the New Testament and you follow the disciples, you follow the early believers, and you kind of see how they walked their walk with Christ and let the Holy Spirit guide them, they really, really depended on their faith back then with the persecution and all the things that they had to fight against that Satan would try to destroy them on a daily basis. They constantly had to rely on the Holy Spirit. Today, we live in a free country. We are allowed to go to church. We're allowed to have our relationship with Christ. We're allowed to let the Holy Spirit work through us. And because of that, I think a lot of times we become a little bit in a rut. We kind of take it for granted that we actually have the Holy Spirit in our lives and we don't rely on the Holy Spirit as much as we should, myself included. I'm putting myself in that group as well. Uh, That's something we all need to work on as Christians as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do on this earth. What it comes down to is there's virtually no Christianity without the Holy Spirit. If you take out the Holy Spirit, You're left with a dry, mundane, monotonous religion, something that you're not going to enjoy, something that you're not going to want to keep in your life at all. You'll be wanting to move on to something else if you do not allow the Holy Spirit to come in and make that relationship alive between you and God. You remove the Holy Spirit from the church, and it's going to quickly morph into a social club or a religious institution. We see that today. There's lots of churches out there that are feel good, come as you are. We're going to tell you something to make you happy today. You're going to be blessed with riches and all kinds of material things and big mansions and all this kind of stuff. And that's what the church will become if you take the Holy Spirit out of it. The church needs to be led by the Holy Spirit. The crucial thing that we have to do is understand the Holy Spirit as a person. The mistake that most Christians make is when they study and they look at the Holy Spirit, they look at him less as a person and they look at more of his manifestations. So is he a person as represented as a third person in the Godhead or is he just a powerful influence that influences the Father? Well, if you look at him as just an influence, you're going to start making statements like this. I'm a Holy Ghost person or I want more of the Holy Spirit. And I've made that comment myself many times in the past before I really understood what I was saying. If you realize that the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, you're going to no longer make statements of, I want more of the Holy Spirit. But instead, you're going to make statements such as, how can I give myself more to him? The Holy Spirit is just like God. We talk to God on a one-on-one relationship like he's another person standing in the room with us. We talk to Jesus like he's another person standing in the room with us because they are. We also need to realize the Holy Spirit is the same way. He is the third person in that Godhead, and we need to speak to the Holy Spirit as he is a person standing there in front of us. The problem stems back to how we view the Holy Spirit. We like to relate to him as an it. However, Romans 8.27 says, He has a mind of his own. He has a will, according to 1 Corinthians 12.11. The Holy Spirit has emotions. He comforts and he speaks. As the Bible says, he speaks clearly. He teaches. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. He can be insulted, just as any person can be. He can be resisted, and he can be lied to. 
The problem was not helped any by the fact that as you grew up in Sunday school, every time you saw the Holy Spirit mentioned, you see a picture of a dove. We talked about this over the last couple of weeks in the first couple of sessions of the study on the Holy Spirit, and we know that the Holy Spirit is not a dove. That's how they depicted him in uh, you know, coloring books and all of that kind of stuff. The Bible says in all four Gospels that he descended upon Jesus, quote unquote, like a dove. It's just saying the way that he descended upon his head. So we have to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person and that we were created in his image. So the Apostle Paul writes a couple of letters to the Corinthian church about how to live effective Christian lives, and he comes to the end of the second letter, and he highlights the three individual persons in the Godhead and their roles in each of our lives. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, it says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. If you have your Bibles and you're able to underline that, underline that little phrase, communion of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for communion is koinonia, and it has three major definitions. The first one is fellowship. So this is in essence saying, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. Notice in the scripture that he didn't say, may the fellowship of Jesus be with you. Why is that? Because Jesus isn't here. Jesus has already went away, and the angel of the Lord that day said that the way that you see him go away is the way that he's going to return, and Jesus has not returned that way yet. He is still at the right hand of the Father up in heaven. The person of the Godhead that is here, that is present with us, is the Holy Spirit. Thus, that's why he says in first in Second Corinthians here, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. The next meaning of Kananiah is partnership. May the partnership of the Holy Spirit be with you. The final one is, may you be intimate with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship is defined as companionship or sharing together. Companionship shares with each other. If you have a friend and you have a companionship with that person or a spouse or a family member, whatever it may be, when you are companions, you are going to share things with them that you would never share with other people. As an example, Tim helping me remodel my house, he's a friend of mine, but does not converse with each other. Or example number two, Scotty, another friend of mine, picking me up to go to a volleyball game, but we don't talk. And example number three, Michelle and I being married, but we never talk. How many times do we get in the car? We drive all the way to work, which may be a 30-minute drive, or we may you know, go to the, the town next to us, and we never say one word to the Holy Spirit. I personally feel like in myself that he is the most ignored person in the church. Do you ever feel people ignore you? You need to just talk to him. He completely understands. So in those examples that I gave you where my friends were helping me or my friends were taking me places or I was with my wife, but I chose not to talk to them, that is not a companionship in essence of what a companionship actually is. And we don't want to treat the Holy Spirit that way. My, my wife and I need to talk. My friends and I, we need to talk. The Holy Spirit and myself, we need to talk. The early church was having much companionship with him and interaction with him. In Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 23, it says, And now I am going to Jerusalem, drawn there irresistibly by the Holy Spirit. 
not knowing what awaits me, except the Holy Spirit has told me in city after city that jail and suffering awaits for me. So here you can see there are interactions going on in city after city between Paul and the Holy Spirit. They're talking about it. Philip, he's also an evangelist. He's right in the middle of a meeting. And in Acts 8.26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. That angel didn't appear to Philip. The scripture says that angel spoke to Philip. There are other people that angels appeared to in the Bible, such as Joseph, Mary, and Zacharias. An angel actually literally appeared before them. Nowhere does it say that an angel appeared, but it says that it spoke to Philip. He tells him to go down to the desert where he sees a royal Ethiopian chariot. And in Acts 8.29, it says, Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and take this chariot. These guys in the, in the New Testament, they knew the voice of the Spirit so well that they could differentiate between the voice of the Spirit and the voice of an angel. Now, that may seem real weird to us, but in all reality, is it really that weird? Here's an example that you can use in this situation. Let's say that I'm in a room with a dozen or more people and I'm talking to a couple of friends of mine and I don't see, but I hear my wife speaking to someone else in the room. I don't even see her, but I know that's my wife because I know her voice. Let's also say another example. I can be in Walmart three aisles over and I can hear my wife talk and I can say, that's my wife. That's my wife, Michelle. I understand. I, I, I recognize her voice. Let's say example number three, I, I can call work and one of the co-workers answers the phone. I can almost tell you exactly which co-worker that is because I recognize their voice. So when you think about these examples, why is it so strange to us that they could tell the difference between an angel and the Holy Spirit's voice? When Luke wrote this book, Philip looked at him and told him, I know that was an angel in that meeting that spoke to me. But in the, in the desert, it was the Spirit. So you can see now what I mean when I talk about what was common to them and is so uncommon to us. Another statement that we can understand here is partners develop a flow. In an example here, I used to be a firefighter. And whenever I would first go on the scene and start fighting fire with the guys that I didn't know who they were very well, it really didn't all click until we all figured each other out and how we all were going to operate on the fire scene. We could be told what to do, but there wasn't really any flow there. Another example of that is playing softball. Let's say that you join a softball team. You're unable to predict the other players at first when you're very new to the team. You don't know exactly how each player's playing style actually is. But after a while of playing together with that team, you guys all figure each other out and a partnership grows. Now, all of a sudden, you know exactly what your players are going to do around you as that ball is hit into that field. Well, this is how this goes with our partnership with the Holy Spirit. Paul says in Corinthians, we are fellow workers for and with God. With God is a partnership. When the apostles wrote a letter in Acts 15, verse 28, they said this. They said it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. There you can see the partnership. They were talking about the way he says it and the way they say it. And they said it seemed good to both. So this is what we're writing to you. There is a partnership going on there in that relationship. You see glimpses of this in the Old Testament. One day God makes a statement and says, Should we plan on doing something that we are planning on doing with Sodom and Gomorrah before we talk to our good friend and partner Abraham? 
God comes down to the terraria trees. They walk to the cliff overlooking Sodom, and God says, Abe, we're planning on blowing up these two cities over there. What do you think? And Abe looks at God and says, Sodom? God says, yes, and Gomorrah. What do you think? So they talk and discuss this, and because of this discussion with their partner Abraham, God's whole approach is changed because of what his partner said. In another example of this, Moses, he's on the top of the mountain. The Bible says that God's mind was changed two times because of what his partner said. So what was the terraria trees for Abraham and on a mountain for Moses is 24-7 for us because Jesus said he will continually be in you and with you. You know, Jesus told the disciples it is better for them that I go away. Jesus had been supplying all their needs, paying their bills for about three and a half years, and he tells them, I tell you the truth, it's better for you that I go away. Why is it better? Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. We're going to go ahead and stop this here for this week. Um, I'll go ahead and come back next week and we'll, we'll finish up this segment of our uh, study on the Holy Spirit. This week we are talking about having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, what it means to partner with Him, what it means to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit as well as God and Jesus as they are all, all part of the Trinity. They are all three persons of the Trinity. So we'll finish this up next week and get a little bit deeper into this. Hope you guys have, have gr- grasped onto something this week from our discussion. You can go back and study some of the scriptures that have been in the study. If you have any questions, feel free to email us. Don't forget to visit our website, ConnectingTheGap.net, and check out all the other podcasts that I have uploaded there in my blog, and my YouTube channel link is there as well. God bless you guys this week. Hope you guys have a great week ahead of you. And until we come back next week, Godspeed, and I will talk to you next week on Connecting the Gap.